how are you? How you doing? How's it going? How are you feeling? Physically. How are you feeling emotionally? How are you feeling spiritually? I hope it's well. But if it isn't, I'm sending you some positive energy, some positive vibes that this too shall pass. Welcome to another episode of Vividly Speaking with who else but me, Dr. Vivid. You know how I feel about y'all when I'm away. Whether it's a day or week, I love to jump back in this thing with y'all. So let's go ahead and get started. Let's get into this week's episode. Come on, follow me. (laughs) Make haste. So... How y'all doing? As I'm recording, if you hear just child-like glee or very loud DJ scratching, <laughs> it's because across the street they're having some type of kid-centered event and it is loud, honey. <laughs> but how y'all? I really meant what I said by checking in with you. How are you feeling emotionally? How are you feeling mentally? How are you feeling physically? I know that it's been a wild couple of weeks for a lot of people that I'm connected to from COVID, um, death, other illnesses, lots of transitions. So make sure that you're checking in with yourself with the same intensity that you check in with others. And don't forget to check in with yourself, you know, check in with yourself in the morning, check in with yourself in the afternoon, check in with yourself in the evening. How have your moves been through the day? What's triggered you? What's irritated you? What's bothered you? What's given you joy? What's giving you a moment to reflect? What's provided you with peace? What's provided you with clarity? All of those things matter. And having conversations with yourself about those things is what helps us get on the right track when it comes to making healthy decisions and decreasing our stressors, the level of stress in our lives. Because child, (laughs) stuff gets crazy. I mean, I thought I was about to have a child that was in surgery over the weekend and did not. Now it's moved uh, to a uh, next Friday. I'm seeing people thought that they were moving, thought that they were going to another job, thought that they were, it's a lot of thoughts <laughs> and a lot of editing going on. And that's life. Life be lifing. Don't even try to steal that. I'm already, the merch has already been created. <laughs> But life be life, and sometimes we got to take a beat so we can get what we need while life is being ridiculous. So let's laugh and talk about some other levels of ridiculousness. You know, shit is not ours. You know what time it is. (laughs) Let's go. What's happening? What goes on here? Y'all, I'm just minding my business, scrolling on Marcy Martin and Quinta Brunson's 
internet. And what do I see? But Sesame Place. Wildin'. <laughs> and I want the record to show I've never gone to Sesame Place. I've never taken my children to Sesame Place. Um, I've had lots of friends who've taken their kids to Sesame Place. And they've had good experiences, fun experiences, tiring experiences. But in the last couple of days, what we've been seeing is an influx of videos from black parents showing their kids being actively ignored real ignored like purposely ignored overlooked or just not being treated with the kindness children deserve at a place at a place that literally is modeled modeled after kindness and gentleness and connection and inclusivity how you being wild disrespectful at a place that says we don't exclude people. <laughs> not Rosita. Not our little Rosie. Out here straight up ignoring these little brown and black faces. And as a mom seeing these videos, I was ready to fight. Honestly and truly, I'm ready to fight. Because it's one thing to say, oh, okay, maybe they didn't see but to have your child be waved off by an actor in costume that this child has been interacting with for years via their TV screens, hell, now their tablets and some of our, you got games on your phone, some of our cell phones. Seeing this disappointment on the faces of the kids who were looked over and shooed away. That hurts. That hurts. Jim is turning in that grave, honey. Sesame Street has been consistently providing us a place of safety, education, inclusivity, um, and warmness since the 70s. And this is a thing we see when things step out of alignment and they separate from the initial vision. So Sesame Place is a theme park based on Sesame Street, you know, the educational series. However, it's clear to me that there is a break in engagement in active decision making of course i don't know what executive what admins you know from sesame street do what as far as training or hiring processes for sesame place i'm i am going to go out on a limb and say that it's a whole different process a whole different process and i'm going to go out on a limb and say that Sesame Street folk are not working or having the level of engagement with Sesame Place folk. And they haven't <laughs> for some time. Because they keep seeing all these videos. And it's one thing for you to say, oh, 
they couldn't see them. No, you looked at a child and shooed them away. But the other videos, it's just getting worse and worse. Where you see these characters actively playing with, you know, some of the white babies out there. And when the black babies reach up their hands for attention or try to get some attention and interaction, they're shooing them away, pushing them, pushing past them, walking right past them, and then interacting with other white babies. Do you know how damaging that is for a child? Do you, can you imagine how hurt you would be as a four or five six-year-old, three-year-old waving and longing to interact with this character who has made so much of your day so happy, so sweet, so fun, and for them to treat you like shit. Y'all lucky that a bunch of these parents ain't beat the hell out of y'all. <laughs> Sesame, please. We'll play about our kids. Of course, I know, we don't teach violence, but you're seeing a lot of people respond like, I don't know what the hell I would do. I'm, I would have stopped the whole damn parade. I would Because that's that anger because there's innocence there. How do you explain that to a child? That Rosita didn't want to be your friend but wanted to be the rest of the kids at the park's friend. Why do they think I'm not as special as the other kids? I was looking forward to this all week, all month, all year. And here we are. And the moment I was looking forward to is snatched away from me. We don't want that lame ass statement, these lame ass apologies. Training needs to be done. But if you see this happen in one instance, why did you not immediately issue a real apology to these babies? Instead of this fake ass corporate apology that is totally not even in line with Sesame Street's ideology. <sighs> Jim, they down here making a mockery out of all the things that you made. <laughs> I said Jim Henson would be throwing bows. The fur would be flying if he was alive. What is happening what goes on here what the hell wrong with y'all it's the kids y'all you know it's time for our main discussion right and i swear to you i almost made this a part of what's happening what goes on here because it was just so outrageous but i said you know what i have to talk about this in a way where there's more room given to this topic and it sheds some light on something that I often talk about as a black woman. We need to talk about Kim Burrell <laughs> right now, <laughs> right now. So if you don't know who Kim Burrell is, Kim Burrell is black gospel Christian music royalty I'm not going to take anything from this woman's voice her vocal legacy her musical legacy Kim Burrell is a powerhouse and can easily sing 
a bunch of y'all under the table before she even walks into the room. However, (laughs) Kim says some problematic shit. (laughs) And I personally distanced myself from supporting her when she made, um, a few years ago, she made those really uh, ridiculous statements about the LGBTQIA plus community. And I know that the church, especially the black church, has a complicated relationship with the queer community. But you know who else they have a complicated relationship with? Younger adults and the millennials and the Gen Zers who are walking away from the black church. And people like Kimmy Cakes, <laughs> people like Kim Burrell, I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it. Y'all are the reason that black folk are leaving the church. So Kim Burrell got up in front of a congregation and made some very disrespectful and disparaging remarks that she has now said was jokes. First of all, don't play with me. <laughs> with though though and her she came out I'm going to read y'all the apology in a second, but let me let me get you to the backstory. So she stood in front of this congregation, up in front of these people on a mic and started making comments and shaming people for being broke. <laughs> That's what she said, you know, for living in some type of poverty, for living in a trailer versus living in a house. She even called people ugly. It was just a whole wild, like, uh, it was wild. And you can audibly hear the disgust from those who were sitting in the congregation and you could hear like confusion and wow like no one was from what the clips that I have heard no one was like yeah take your time no none of that call and response shout back egg on everybody was just like oh ooh, mm, oh <laughs> because it was so ridiculous I want to park here for a second and talk to you about why people like Kim Burrell are negatively impacting the black community and the relationship that black folk folk have with church, therefore impacting our spiritual health and our mental health. For as long as I can remember, church was a part of my life. I grew up Roman Catholic. I've told you that Um, as a child in Washington, D.C., I attended Sunday service every Sunday at Holy Comforter St. Cyprian Roman Catholic Church. Chloe, nobody asked you. Chloe up here adding her two cents like she was out there taking communion with me in the gym. Girl, hush. Anyway, (laughs) I attended uh, Sunday service. Every Sunday with my grandmother and my mother, um, my first cousin, one of my favorite cousins, she was very active. She was one of the altar kids, you know, uh, it, it was, I just knew that it was something that we did every Sunday and, you know, growing up Roman Catholic is a little different, especially when you're black, <laughs> um, but it was a very diverse congregation. 
and I, I can remember holiday services. I can remember Easter services. That's a holiday girl. I mean, regular services and just being like, okay, I, I, I get, I think I get why you adults are here, but, um, and then, um, I made my departure from the church at around at 17 years old. Um, when the, the priest who resided over our congregation, he got sick and then he ended up, um, retiring and passing away. So they brought in this other priest who was one of the most hateful white men I've ever (laughs) encountered in my life. And he was going on this hateful rant about women and abortion and the gays. They love saying the gays in church, the gays and all this other stuff. And I just got up and left. And I will never forget hearing the click clack of my little pumps, my little kit heels on the marble tile and hearing that big ass door go behind me. It, it was symbolic of me never going back to a place that contained hate. And for a while, I did not go back to church. I'm talking about years. I did not have a church home. That's what we refer to it as, <laughs> especially in the black church. Yeah, I didn't have a church home. Um, I was still singing choir for high school. I was um, attending other people's services to support my friends who were in ministry, different denominations. But I just was tired of constantly dealing with hate targeted targeting my gender my ethnicity or at that time I wasn't um at that time I think I I didn't I was identifying as bisexual as a as a teenager but it wasn't so much about the attack on my sexuality or my my lifestyle my preferences but the attack on everyone and in the black church it gets it gets even worse baby (laughs) Like it, it is, it is wild and you go to church to be empowered, to be uplifted. And a lot of us, especially in my cohort, you know, my age range, people who are in their thirties, early forties, yeah, people are in their late twenties and teens too. those cohorts, we're, we're sick of the shit. We come to be uplifted. We come to get words of comfort. We come to hear your interpretation of these spiritual texts and find ways to apply them in these lessons to our lives. But instead, you get on a mic and you shoot us down. You get on a mic and you say despicable things about us about the people related to us, about our friends, our coworkers, our family members, and you expect us to come back every fucking week. And a lot of us are just like, (laughs) nah, I'm out. No. No. What Kim Burrell did was contribute to the pain that black folk endure the mental and the emotional hurt. We call it church hurt. A lot of people leave church because of it. We call it church hurt. I talk about it a lot 
in sessions with my clients, they can identify the time or the times that people at church, people that they went to for guidance, for uplifting, for comfort, for knowledge, did something that just wrecked them spiritually, emotionally, mentally. And now their relationship with church their relationship with religion, their relationship with spirituality, their relationship with others and ability to trust has been altered. Imagine coming to church to hear a word to empower you because you've been having a hard ass time. The pandemic still pandemicking and you getting blows and from various parts of your life and you say oh kim speaking kim burrell speaking i know i'm gonna get a good word something that i need to hear because your lights are getting cut off soon you you're scared that you might get evicted you've had to leave the city and the town that you know and start all over and your beginnings are very very humble your new beginnings are very very humble but you're trying to make it work for you to run to the church to say oh i need something to be placed on my spirit so i can just have another day's worth of energy to keep going and keep fighting and kimberell open her goddamn mouth and calls you broke and poor and ugly Can you imagine? Can you imagine thinking about taking your life the night before and saying, God, I just need a word. Give me something to pull me through. And somebody gets up there and tells you you're an abomination. Somebody stands before you and tells you that you're better off dead. Because you're out of alignment with a spiritual text. Could you imagine the heaviness you feel after having to terminate a pregnancy due to being sexually assaulted and the person who harmed you being a family member or a friend of the family that everybody seems to be protecting on the low and you are struggling with the whirlwind of emotions that you're feeling because you have been violated you're vulnerable and you're not being protected and you go to hear a word and you hear someone tell you that what you did was so sinful so harmful oh you are wretched you are a terrible person when you were looking for somebody to just see you but if this is a leader who's they see everybody does that mean i am the abomination does that mean i am trash does that mean i am not worthy does that mean i am ugly Y'all got to stop. Folk ain't running from the black church because we want to live in sin and debauchery (laughs) and beautiful heathenism 
and hedonism. We're leaving because y'all are fucking hurting us. You're hurting us. And you don't want to have a conversation about why you hurt us. You just want to hurt us and say, oh, that's what you needed to hear. I'm a whole clinician. And I know sometimes that my clients need to hear things. But there's a time, place, tone, and a style in which you do it. And I'm never going to lead with hate. I'm never going to no malice or things that are harmful and hurtful. Because what happens when they leave the congregation? There were some people in that congregation that felt directly, verbally, and mentally, spiritually attacked by Kim. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. I'm assuming. I could be wrong. Could you imagine going to see, getting so excited to go see someone who you consider a living legend bring forth the word only to leave feeling emptier than when you came? Now, I understand that people are human and people make mistakes I get it. But even her apology wasn't a real apology. Let me pull this up for y'all. Because at some point, enough is enough. So, Kim said, As a kingdom citizen and a woman of integrity, I can acknowledge that some of my words, even if said in jest, can be offensive. My intention is never to hurt anyone, but to spread love, laughter, and more importantly, the gift which God has given me in song. If anyone was offended, I can sincerely, I can sincerely say I apologize. And this was shit went left, y'all. With that being said, the irony is that those who are criticizing my statement are displaying the very thing they have accused me of. However, it's not humorous or in jest. My image has been used in multiple places and false statements and narratives have been created. The punitive damages for some are quite lofty. Please be mindful of what is both written and said via video, especially about me if it contains untruths. Slander and defamation are not to be taken lightly, especially if it affects my name, image, or brand. Those pages wherein vile comments and false narratives have been created, have been noted, reported, and hopefully silenced. Again, I will apologize if anyone thought that my humor was malicious, but I will not under any circumstances tolerate harassment, slander, or my character being defamed. How you... This is the funny thing about humans. She said, I apologize if I offended you. Obviously, you have offended a multitude of people because you're they're dragging you, sis. They are dragging you by your wig. They are dragging you. But for you to say, you know, don't slander, don't defame, don't say vile things. You said vile things. You said things that defame someone's character. Just because you were general and you didn't point to specific people, but she did. I'm y'all can go and, and Google it and, and listen to it before she gets it take down, <laughs> taken down. <laughs> but it's so funny that it doesn't feel good getting it back, does it? Now you want love and grace and patience and and understanding, but where was that? 
Where was that for the other people, for the people that came to see you to be uplifted, empowered by your word, by your song? It's incredibly, I, I say this every day, well, multiple times a week, cognitive dissonance beats a lot of y'all's asses on a regular basis. You believe that one thing is true. And then you're like, well, wait, hmm, what about this? Does this fit? What? I don't understand. Like, y'all, some people really struggle in, in the church, especially in a black church. The struggle is hard. You say you don't support slander and defamation, but what did you do? What have you been doing? For decades, when you're calling people F-words, I'm not going to say the full word, when you're calling people sissies, when you're saying it's all jokes, you're not a fucking comedian, Kim Burrell. <laughs> That's not what they pay for when they come to your concerts. That's not what they were waiting for when they pull up to the church house. And that none of that shit was funny. The older generation in the black church loves to say things and then, you know, end it with, if you were offended, I'm sorry, but you know, no, there's no, but if you're going to apologize, you stop. There's no, but do not throw in a comma because whatever comes after the comma completely, it just completely trashes the rest of the statement. It's time that the leaders of the black church have real conversations with themselves, the younger members of their congregations and their communities and work on healing, work on making things right. Because you can't save a soul that you're hurting. You can't save a soul that you're demeaning, defaming, minimizing. And I don't want to be connected to you or your church or your testimony or your platform. If my soul, if my spirit, if my mind is harmed and not healed every time I step foot through those doors. Let's do better. Let's see each other as people. Let's talk to each other with kindness. Let's not let antiquated views and harmful views continue to permeate the atmosphere. You save a soul by looking into that soul and connecting with that soul. Not by bashing that soul. You're trying to beat people into religious submission. That'll give you a, a, a religious soldier, but their spirit will be dead. Religious and spiritual, religion 
and spirituality. Two different things. And that's why you see more of us leaving or distancing ourselves from the church house because we want something that doesn't beat us down but truly lifts us up. And I'm I'm going to say this too. Some of these wealthy pastors, preachers, reverends, gospel artists, Christian artists, don't forget where you came from. Because once upon a time, you struggled with addiction. Your money was funny. Your mental health issues were ignored. You didn't have some of the things that you call privilege now. Watch yourself, because even the mighty fall. I'm so blessed to be a part of a church that doesn't make me feel other, doesn't make me feel diminished. And it took me years. It took me damn near eight years or so to find a place that was good for me. And I had to shift during that too. (laughs) So... If you're sitting here listening and you're thinking about leaving your church, if it's not serving you, if it's not doing your spirit any good, if it's not helping your community, if they're not seeing you for you, you don't have to stay. And for those churches those congregations who are loving and inclusive and are giving back to their community via, you know, clothing drives, food drives, donations of, of monetary, monetary donations, helping parents, giving classes. The ones who are not going to talk about you because you're queer, the ones who are not going to talk about you because you're mixed, the ones who are not going to look at you crazy and it'll open and give you a hug No matter your disability, no matter your mental health diagnosis, thank you. Thank you. We need you. And Kim, that shit wasn't funny. People are dying, Kim. possible moment like (laughs) anyway this is well mail this is the part of the episode where I look at what you got for me from these TikTok streets these IG streets these Twitter streets these Facebook streets or even straight up in my inbox at contact at drvivid.com to talk about what's on your heart and mind, what questions you have, what topics you have, what themes you want to explore. And this week's well mail came from the TikTok streets. 
y'all have been asking me a lot of questions about the shroomy doomies. <laughs> and one of you wanted to know more information about the magic of mushrooms. And if there is a time where you should not take them. I love that for you that you guys are um, really into plant and alternative medicine. You know I am. Um, and I, I really love when you guys ask questions about safety because that lets me know that you want to do everything you possibly can to be safe. And that's important. You know, that's hella important. So let me start with this. If you are not in a safe place, a safe space, a safe state around safe people, you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't do it. <laughs> you shouldn't uh, consume anything that's going to alter your cognitive state, your emotional state when you don't feel safe. I'm talking about alcohol, um, plant medicine, you know, where, where it comes to shrooms, marijuana, uh, your, your pharmaceuticals. Like, if you're taking something that's going to make you um, feel woozy or you're not going to be able to um, operate your a car or navigate, do not take something if you're not in a safe space, a controlled environment, a safe place a place where you can move around freely in a safe state, you know, you're calm, you're not riled up, you're not in any danger, and around safe people, people who care about you, care about your safety, and have your best interest in mind, and will do everything they can to keep you safe and keep you healthy and keep you well, right? And will intervene if they feel like you're making a decision that is dangerous, okay? So that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Also, um, there are, when we talk about the magic of mushrooms, every shroom that I'm talking about doesn't have to have a hallucinogenic property. Of course, we love those for, you know, emotional purposes and spiritual purposes. But you can just get you some lion's mane. And <laughs> and that's good for anti-inflammatory properties. It's helping your your digestive health. So research mushrooms or plants um, that have health benefits, positive health benefits that are safe for consumption and are non-toxic. Um, that can help you yeah like there are things that help with heart health there are things that help with you know anti-inflammatory um issues there are things that help when it comes to your allergies if you're looking for a substitute for meat there are so many things that you can use mushrooms for um it's a good source of certain vitamins in certain mushrooms i don't want you guys to just be hooked on oh the magic being hallucinogenic there's magic in taking care of yourself. Your health is your wealth. So go out there and eat a salad <laughs> with a, 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 a non-David Copperfield. <laughs> a non-hallucinogenic uh, mushroom. 
Okay? Go and research. Look it up. There's some great databases. I will list them on my social media um, when it comes to not just microdosing, but to what plants occur naturally and are safe for you to forage and to use. The black forager, black forager, Alexis, she is amazing. Um, she's on TikTok. She's on Instagram. And she shows you different plants and explains their properties and tells you, you know, what's toxic, what's not, how do we get around toxicity. She is a great wealth of knowledge and she really inspires me in my own plant journey so do research don't just chase the high because that's not what those who are advocates like myself of plant medicine are trying to get you to do we want you to be healthy we don't because <laughs> baby sometimes high ain't healthy that's <laughs> that's why everybody can't do everything <laughs> Sometimes you're getting high to avoid things that you need to process. Sometimes you're chasing that hallucinogenic state just to say you did it, but you're not dealing with the spiritual ramifications of it. Take your time and research before you say yes to something. Safety is everything. All right. If you have well-mailed topics, questions to submit, you can DM them to me at Dr. Vivid, that's D-R-V-I-V-I-D, that's on the Tiki Taki <laughs> and on Instagram. If you want to talk to me on Twitter, that's Dr. Vivid, doctor spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R-V-I-V-I-D, okay? Or you can email me at contact at drvivid.com. Thank you for all of your questions. You guys are awesome. Look at you pursuing knowledge and, and healing. Love it for you.
Featuring Popcat, <laughs> Solid, um, Kilani's on there with Glass, For My Hand, featuring Ed Sheeran. Let me tell you something about Ed Sheeran. You will see Ed Sheeran's name on a track, and you'll go, interesting match. But baby, Ed gonna surprise you every time. Shout out to Ed, because he floats on tracks. <laughs> and it don't seem out of place. And I love that for him and for us. Then we have Roller Coaster, J Bowsey, Vanilla, Common Person, Wild Dreams, featuring Khalid, How Bad Could It Be? And then Love, The Mini, featuring Lady Smith Black, Black Bobby. to do it yourself this is the part of the episode where we focus on decreasing our stress we talk about some coping strategies some tools some 
cool interventions and things that you can do to decrease your stress to give you some peace whether it's in the meantime between times you know between them therapy appointments or just something that you can do on a regular basis and today we're gonna be quick with it because today's do-it-yourself is have the conversation have the conversation open your mouth and talk to that person about that thing that has been impacting the way you interact with them, the way you think about your interactions with them, the way you feel, the way you sleep. (laughs) Have the conversation. Sometimes we run through all these scenarios and the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, maybe, maybe that, maybe this, and these alternatives when we're just operating on assumption have the conversation pace the conversation yourself call them up invite them out over and discuss what's on your heart and your mind what offended you what hurt you what do you need more of what do you wish you could have done differently with each other what do you want to be the conclusion of this incident that you've encountered together? Having the conversation will give you perspective, will demonstrate understanding, will show maturity, growth, And it'll relieve you of some of this anxiety from not really knowing how they feel, how they're going to respond, and what they think. If you never open your mouth, you won't get the results that you're looking for. So, go ahead. Set it up. Send them a text. Send them a call. Send them a call. (laughs) You know, leave a voicemail. Do whatever you need to do to initiate the conversation because it will do your soul some good. And now it's time for the cool down. This is the part of the episode where we focus on mindfulness, relaxation, breathing, body awareness, and most importantly, you. Now, I'll be guiding you through some things like breathing and visualization. So I'll be asking you to take a moment for yourself to stop, to close your eyes. But if you are not in a safe place, free from distractions, don't worry, this is a podcast, feel free to pause, stop, and come back to me later, when you have the time, the safe space, the safe state to participate, alright, let's begin, let's start by taking a deep breath in, and out. 
deep breath, your stomach should inflate like a balloon. And when you exhale and let it all out, your belly button should be going towards your back as if it's trying to touch the back of your chair. Let's do that again. you to roll your head around from right to left in circular motion. Let's release some of the tension in our neck. Mm-hmm. Now let's roll our shoulders forward, forward. give you the comfort that you need. Think of the sounds, the smells, the things that you like to touch and interact with. And remember that they are just for you. I want you to time.
we've come to the end of another episode and you guys thank you so much for meeting me here once again thank you for all your listens thank you for sharing thank you for discussing what you've heard on these podcast episodes with your family with your friends with your co-workers thank you for all the emails I just love how you love what I'm producing what I am creating and remember you don't owe these people anything you owe yourself everything everything sometimes doing nothing is the something that you need until next time <laughs> love yourself i love you until you give me a reason not to <laughs> all right y'all we out bye